you would call a horror light fan. I'm sure there are many people out there like me who really enjoy horror films, but when they're a little bit too amped up, we might recoil a little too often. So we want our horror to be accessible. One way to make horror accessible that I found as a kid was to watch horror on broadcast television. A lot of people will complain about that for the commercials maybe, or that they are editing out some of the bigger scares. But for me, who was kind of trying to ease into horror, edited films were a great gateway. As it turns out, there is another way to slowly introduce concept of horror to people, which is in a made-for-television series. Freddy Krueger was always a villain who made me nervous. A Nightmare on Elm Street was very well directed, and the special effects were amazing, and mostly Robert England as Freddy Krueger was brilliant. He made that character terrifying. Enough so that it was very difficult for me to enjoy A Nightmare on Elm Street until the TV series Freddy's Nightmares premiered. I was into horror and I knew that I could watch television horror, so I was very excited to get an introduction to the world of Freddy Krueger in a little bit safer environment. And it worked like a charm. Once I had watched Freddy's Nightmares, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies were a lot more enjoyable. There was a lot of talk at the time about how these TV series were going to desensitize children to the horrors of the world and that they shouldn't be broadcast. Now, I can't say if that wasn't true or not. I can say that it did desensitize me enough that I could enjoy the regular movie version of Freddy a lot easier. And taking that first step opened up a whole world of horror movies to me, many that I enjoy to this day. On today's show, I'd like to talk to you about a great entry point into the world of horror, or at least to the world of A Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Nightmares. We'll talk about the people behind and in front of the camera, we'll talk about its production, people's reaction to it, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. Freddy's Nightmares, which is also known as A Nightmare on Elm Street, the series, was a horror anthology television series which ran in syndication from October of 1988 until March of 1990. It is obviously a spin-off 
of the film series A Nightmare on Elm Street. It had a very simple format, a format very familiar to people who watch horror or science fiction anthology series. You have an intro from a regular character, in this case Freddy Krueger, who is played by Robert Englund, who played him in the film, who would introduce the story, and then the story would play out. Freddy's Nightmares would often feature two different stories, which was double the horror in one nice package. The series was produced by New Line Television. New Line also produced the film series, and it was originally distributed by Lorimar Telepictures before moving over to Warner Brothers. They had some very talented people behind the camera. I'm going to start off talking first about the person who created Freddy himself, Wes Craven. Wesley Earl Craven passed away in 2015, was a filmmaker, novelist, and actor. He is a legend in the horror genre, a brilliant creator of slasher films, probably best known for two horror franchises, A Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream. But other great films he made include The House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, and The People Under the Stairs. In a genre, it's easy to throw around the title legend, but there's a reason that Wes Craven is often referred to as the master of horror. He took that genre and made it his own. You could honestly say that modern horror would not exist without Wes Craven. The show itself was produced by Gilbert Adler. He also did some writing on the series. Gil Adler is a producer and writer, has worked with Craven, Richard Donner, Brian De Palma, and Walter Hill, amongst many others. He's also one of the people who formed Dark Castle Entertainment, along with Robert Zemeckis and Joel Silver back in 1999, which produced a lot of interesting films. Gil Adler has been working for decades, and in addition to film work, he produced Freddy's Nightmares, and he also worked on another amazing horror franchise, Tales from the Crypt. So here's a riddle for you. How do you translate a movie series that involves killing off characters into a television series? Do you just kill off your entire cast every season? That might work nowadays, but in the late 80s and into the 90s, this idea didn't go over well. The other solution is to create an anthology, which means that every episode, while in the same universe, does not need to be related. Although you will see in Freddy's Nightmares that a lot of the stories do overlap, or at least have some things in common, and Freddy does appear in several episodes, doing what Freddy does best. Another thing that every episode of Freddy's Nightmares would have in common is that they all took place in the fictitious town of Springwood, Ohio. Normally, on a street you might know, Elm Street, which is the same setting from A Nightmare on Elm Street. I will say this after watching two seasons of Freddy's Nightmares. There's crazy stuff happening in Springwood, Ohio. You figure that would be something everyone knows before they move there, or that people who live there would be aware that crazy stuff happens there. But there was some characters on the show who seem to know something's up, but the majority of them just go about their lives until they encounter something terrible. After these messages, we will return. Once again, foolish friends, Freddy Krueger is on your phone. Dial this number now. I've got some tales to tell. Freddy's favorite bedtime stories. <laughs> Dead time stories. All brand new, straight from my boiler room to your home. It's Freddy Krueger on your phone. So dial this number now if you dare. Tell them Freddy sent you. $2 the first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. Children, get your parents' permission before you dial. 
And now, back to the show. There's a lot of shows that have done anthology horror and anthology science fiction. Something that makes Freddy's nightmares interesting is that they take this two-tier story approach where there are two different stories. What's fun is that sometimes those stories are related, but in very minor ways, which helps to build out the universe. Springwood appears to be filmed in California. The movie was originally supposed to be set in Los Angeles, but they did kind of remove those details and switched it to something more Midwestern, hence location in Ohio. But like the movie, for a city in Ohio, Springwood has an awful lot of palm trees in the background. Must be a quirk of that Ohio weather. When the series came out, they released a press kit. I want to read the press kit description of the show. It's hard to keep a bad man down. And so it goes with Freddy Krueger, one of the most terrifying characters in film history. Now, Freddy brings his macabre mixture of humor and horror to television with the new syndicated weekly one-hour episodic series, Freddy's Nightmares. Based on the blockbuster feature film series, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Robert England, reprising his popular role of the monstrous, wisecracking Freddy Krueger, serves as host and frequent cast member. The press kit is online. If you do a quick search on Freddy's Nightmares press kit, you can see people have taken scans of it. It's pretty fun to read. The show was anchored by the very talented Robert Englund as Freddy Krueger. Robert Barton Englund was born in 1947, and he is best known for playing Freddy in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Englund is a classically trained actor. If you're an 80s television fan, you might recognize as Willie, the good alien on the TV series V. The cast begins and ends with Robert Englund for this series. Not that there aren't other actors, there's just no one else who is a regular character. As with most anthology series, though, you do get actors who are at the beginning of their careers making appearances, and Freddy's Nightmare was no different. You had movie stars like Brad Pitt and Laurie Petty. You had television stars like Mariska Hargitay from Law and & Order and Tim Russ from Star Trek. You also had great character actors like Jeffrey Combs, the first episode of the series was a prequel to A Nightmare on Elm Street, where we actually get to see what happened to Freddy Krueger before he became all burned up and being the lord of a nightmare realm. You get to see the trial and the parents in Springwood who sought revenge on him after he did terrible things to their children. It's a really interesting way to start the series because you're thinking, well, this is going to be all about Freddy Krueger. And while Freddy would stay in it, that was really the one episode that got deep into the Freddy mythology, enough so that they would use footage from that in other Freddy Krueger movies. They also brought out the big guns for that particular episode and brought in Toby Hooper to direct it. Toby Hooper, kind of a big deal in horror. So really a great, powerful way to kick off the series. This is the intro to Freddy's Nightmares. on the show was done by Nicholas Pike, who is an Emmy award-winning film and television composer. A bit of a 
musical prodigy, started very young before becoming a film composer. Pike has quite a resume working on Stephen King's The Shining, the classic Disney film Captain Ron. He did music work with MC Hammer on Too Legit to Quit and Will Smith's Wild Wild West. Most recently, he worked with Steven Spielberg as part of the reboot of Amazing Stories. The first episode of the series was broadcast on October 8th, 1988, and the last episode was broadcast on March 12th, 1990. The series aired in syndication when it first broadcast in the U.S. Unfortunately, this freedom that syndication gave allowed the show to be broadcast quite early, sometimes as early as 5 p.m. in some markets. And when people saw what was basically a horror movie being broadcast on television, and I'd just like to say, by today's standards, this is very tame. But by late 80s standards, this was bananas. People lost it, and a lot of people came out swinging against Freddy's Nightmares. If you like to read about controversy, there's a lot of great articles online. Here's a quote from a 1988 article by Sean Means. But the makers of the series have overstepped the bounds of taste here. The splatter and gore that made the Nightmare movies successful at least had a warning label, an R rating. But no such warning exists on the TV show, either for the kids who might watch it or the parents who might want to monitor it. It didn't stop there. There are paragraphs more where they basically praise the Friday the 13th, the series, which took a very different direction with trying to create something which was really only related to Friday the 13th, the movie, in name alone. Basically, the idea that this show was creeping onto television screens was everyone's big problem. We get a very similar reaction from Joseph Walker, who said, When Freddy first appeared in the Nightmare on Elm Street films, at least we had the security of believing that, theoretically, the R-rated movies wouldn't be available to those younger than 17. But now Freddy and his nightmares are available to anyone who has access to a television set Saturdays at 9 p.m., regardless of age or ability to logically deal with the paradox of the anti-hero. In the mainstream press, that is basically the reaction. In horror and science fiction publications, people were pretty excited about it. And there was a big push by the studio to get this included in the mainstream press. A lot of that was cleverly done by talking about not the character of Freddy, but Robert Englund and his classical background. You'll get a lot of articles at the time that say, Freddy Krueger role challenges Englund's training, right next to articles that say, experts say Freddy may be real monster. It was a very interesting time to be enjoying these shows, and a challenge for many of us to watch this after our parents were exposed to these sort of opinions about the TV series. And I've talked to a lot of horror fans who admit that this sort of reaction almost always made them want to watch the series more. As a consequence of this reaction to the show, often the episodes themselves would be heavily edited. And so it wasn't until years later for many people that if they did happen to see Freddy's Nightmares in second run or third run syndication, that they got to see fuller versions of the show. I don't think I got to see the fuller versions until I saw a couple of episodes on VHS. Then the show started getting picked up in more modern times and broadcast in its, I want to say, quote, entirety, but closer to its original vision. 
Starting in 2006, AOL broadcasted on their Into TV service. Eventually, it would end up on the cable channel Chiller. That was a really good run there. And now has made it to other stations and continues to be broadcast even today. After these messages, we will return. Look no further. Rocks and buds and things are here in a never-ending battle for domination, where Trapasaurus fights off evil beetle, while gravel guts and bloodstone confront the buzzing menace of wicked cricket. It's rocks versus bugs with mortals as a tasty prize. Where will the evil end? Can robots, soldiers, or heroes stop them? They're on the move and ready for action. Rocks and bugs and things from Ideal. And now, back to the show. As I mentioned, a couple of episodes were released on VHS. The five episodes released here in the United States were No More Mr. Nice Guy, Lucky Stiff, It's My Party and You'll Die If I Want To, Dreams That Kill, and Freddy's Tricks and Treats. Unfortunately, that was the end of things for the VHS release. In the UK, they released eight VHS tapes in 1993, and each of those had two episodes in it. At the turn of the millennium, a DVD was released in the UK with plans to do a broader release, but unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of interest, so they never released the full series on DVD at the time. Freddy's back. On video in six all-new nightmares that will tear your sleepless nights to shreds. Robert Englund is Freddy Krueger in six new Elm Street nightmares. Ready for rental at your video library now. Spend six nights of terror with Freddy. In 2011, a Blu-ray collection of A Nightmare on Elm Street was released. And this set had a DVD with two episodes, It's a Miserable Life and Killer Instinct. Unfortunately, the complete series is not available on DVD or Blu-ray. So if you are interested in owning Freddy's Nightmares, you're gonna have to look online. A lot of the episodes do get posted online for you to view, or you have to go to the sort of gray market and find someone's home version that they are selling, usually packaged. The quality of those is pretty decent. They have gotten them unedited from runs that happened later on cable channels. So if you are a fan, you can get a full box set and they're pretty good looking. Freddy's Nightmares, is a great horror anthology series that, if you happen to be able to catch it, really stands up. More importantly, it expands the mythology of an already great franchise and raised all sorts of possibilities that sadly are to this day still unfulfilled. Now it can be difficult to encourage people to watch something from the late 80s, early 90s that they've never seen before. But so many of us have seen A Nightmare on Elm Street, and so many of us love Freddy Krueger. So if you do love Freddy from your childhood, or perhaps you're discovering him for the first time, or maybe you're looking for a way to discover him in a fun way, why not check out Freddy's Nightmares? You can find a lot of episodes online, especially the ones that have actors that you've heard of. So not only do you get access to Freddy and this great franchise, but you get to see very talented people often at the start of their career or at the top of their game, who were never on the big screen in a Freddy movie. So if you're looking for some scares or just need your Freddy fix, check out Freddy's Nightmares. You won't be disappointed. 
Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at retroist.com. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Get you, Freddy. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.